This is Amida Switlow from QSO VSO West, and we're at QSO VSO's 50th anniversary. I'm sitting with Hugh Windsor. Hugh, you went to Tanzania, Jambo. Jambo, Barizako. Oh, you see, all of you remember. When were you in Tanzania, sir? I really showed up there very after almost New Year's 1966, yes. and I left in the spring of 1969. Those were very interesting times in Tanzania. Those were the times of Nyerere. Very much so. Independence. Yeah. Well, it was after independence. After independence. Um, I actually went to the first year anniversary of the Zanzibar uh, independence because uh, when Tanzania originally received independence, it was as Tanganyika. That's right. And Zanzibar was still under the Sultan, uh, etc. And then there was a minor mini-revolution, which was too strong a word. And Nereri saw the real problem of uh, that a lot of people maybe get killed and hurt, as it turned out, very few people were. And then Nereri moved in and proposed this, uh, uh, because the group that actually overthrew the Sultan were a pretty uh, rough bunch. And Nereri moved in very quickly and uh, proposed the union of uh, Tanzania and, uh, well, Tanganyika and Zanzibar. Right, to become Tanzania. To become Tanzania. And, but there's, it was never a full, total full union. It, In it fact, still isn't. No, I know. The Zanzibaris yes. have, they elect uh, people to the uh, parliament uh, and, Their own. and all of that, but they still. In those days, when I was there, there was still a lot of uh, revenue from cloves and all that. They kept that there. That didn't yeah. go into the central... They still govern separately in oh, some I'm, ways. I yeah. know. It's almost like a, almost a provincial like, thing. I mean, yeah. uh, but, uh, but... But with more authority than provincial. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's always been a bit dicey, actually. So, but, Hugh, what were you doing in Tanzania? I... Nili fanya kazi kwa habari na utali... Miyakatatu. In the utilities? Uh, no. In Wizara the... Habari, which is news. The Ministry oh, of News. Oh, sorry. Habari, okay. Na Utali. So it was uh, news and uh, it was uh, uh, basically information and tourism. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> my Swahili is still good, but that, uh, you just completely went over my head. So, um, so what were you doing there? Well, I was uh, teaching journalism, I was advising the Director of Information, and uh, I helped start both a magazine and a uh, news service. And what had happened, and the real reason I ended up there, uh, was that, that shortly post-independence, a number of the countries were concerned that the international news agencies were neo-colonial, uh, Reuters and Agence France-Presse and mm-hmm. all that, plus the Eastern, the European one, uh, like uh, Chetica, which was Czechoslovakia. I mean, there were everybody. Uh, Tanzania was, quotes, uh, non-aligned. So we had East Germany, West Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had uh, New China News Agency. We had uh, all of them. And the Tanzanian government asked the External Aid Office of Canada for help in setting up a news agency, and the external aid office uh, basically said, uh, no way, far too political. Mm. And, and they passed the request over to CUSO. Uh. CUSO at that time did not have their normal intake where people right out of college, etc. 
And to do anything in the media, you had to have some experience and all that. Now, I had already been out, and I had been working for five or six years, um, and uh, I happened to be personal friends with uh, um, Terry Glavin from university days and all that, and uh, I knew Bill McQuinney. And uh, what happened, actually, is that CUSO was sort of underway for about five years, and... um, and Bill said, you know, I think that we're established enough now that we need some uh, communications program. Would you like to come? I was working in Toronto at the time. Would you like to come to Ottawa and uh, be our uh, communications, you know, press officer? And I sort of said, are you crazy? You want me to come and be a flack? Uh, uh, I said, if I'm, you know, very pretentious. I said, if I'm going to save Africa, I'm going to do it in Africa. Full stop. So, uh, so I, in effect, turned down their job offers. And, and went to Tanzania. Uh, well, not right away. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, uh, basically, and so McWhinney said, will you turn down my job offer? I said, yeah, I did for that. And I went back to work. And about, I think it was maybe six months later or four months later, I can't remember when, uh, sometime later, this request came in from... External aid office to CUSO. CUSO uh, didn't have. So finally, I think they it was said, Glavin. Yeah, we know the guy. And Glavin called and said, Remember what you said about if you were going to do this, you were going to do it in Africa? And we're said, taking well, you up I, on I it. <laughs> so that's how I got there. Did you live in Dar es Salaam? I did. Did you go with family? I did. I, we, I think, were probably the first uh, CUSO. There were many CUSO volunteers who were married, but I think we were the first that had took children. children. Uh, we had one at the time, and we had two more when we were there. So. Oh, they were born in Tanzania? Well, they were conceived in Tanzania. Okay, and they both have Swahili names. Oh, really? But what happened is that there was a possible RH negative, uh, RH positive thing, and the physicians there said if it were a single... Oh, it was twins. Mapacha. Oh. Uh, and... Really? Mabili, yeah. Mapacha? No. Mabili is two. Yeah, two. No, but there's a There's a word for twins? Which is, I think, Mapacha. Okay. It's a long time ago. Yes. Anyway, said, because what happens if you did have that RH problem, the the solution, because what's happening is that the blood of the, the baby is... Fighting with the blood of the, with the mother, and uh, so they do an immediate total transfer. And That's right, transfer. Technically, quite sophisticated. Yes. And what they said is, if this were a single birth, we might be, be able to do it. But since this is going to be twins, we advise you. By that time, Judy was eight months pregnant, and the only airplane, the only company that would fly us out of there was Sabina, which was the Belgian airline. Oh, that's a lovely airline. And so, anyway, we flew back and had the babies in Toronto. Turns out the RH negative thing did not develop. Uh, and they're well. And the, what are their names? Their names are Stephanie, Heather, Malaika. Oh, Malaika, Nakupenda, Malaika. And Andrea, Megan, Bahati. Oh, for what good, is that? Good luck. Well, Bahati. Uh, because what? Uh, Bahati. She was the second twin and they had a little a little trouble getting her to start breathing uh, because she'd been in this cramped position while her sister came out and so um, I mean they turned out they're they're now um, 40 some years old and 
and actually one of them is a maternal fetal medicine specialist. No, uh, really? Uh, yes, a high-risk pregnancy specialist on the faculty at McMaster. Oh, that's a wonderful and, university. And the other one uh, basically became a musician, a flautist. Wow, good that. But she's now thinking of going back to university. She is going back to university and is going to take public... She's moving into the science area after being an art uh, student for a long time. Now tell me, Hugh, I've heard of you before, but others may not. Tell me about your career after you came back. Well, when I came back... Uh, well, before I left, I was working for the Toronto Telegram, mm -hmm. and I had a sort of an agreement. I had really a leave of absence. But when... While I was there, I had run into a number of people that were associated with the Globe and Mail. And so when I came back, one of those people, they, one of the people who was working for the Globe and Mail had asked for a book leave. And he had had, a, Clyde Sanger by name, had had uh, East African experience and all that. And so uh, the Globe was looking for somebody to take over his job because he was going to have at least a year's leave of absence to write a book. And so one of the Globe people that had been in Tanzania, and I'd helped them as he was a correspondent kind of thing, oh, and, then, and, and basically he'd moved back to London. But anyway, he said, well, there's this guy Windsor who's coming back. And so um, as a result, I was offered a job at the Globe and Mail. So I went to the Globe and Mail, and I've been associated with the Globe and Mail ever since, except that I did take three years out and worked for the CBC. Okay. And what is it you do at the Globe and Mail now? Well, now I'm semi-retired. Semi-retired. But for mm -hmm. many years, I was a political columnist. That's what it was. I wanted you to tell me that. I wrote a column called The Power Game, which was quite prominent and picked up nationally. Well, it's an honor and privilege to have you have had you serve with QSOVSO and give of your time and your family's time. What did, If you look back at that experience and you think back at Nyerere, since you are very aware of the politics of the world, and you saw this man go slightly to the left, actually hard left, um, and it, it was not conventional left. In it was a unique left, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, it was really communitarianism rather than certainly wasn't communism. Although you know, in the, often in many places he was referred to, especially in the United States, because they didn't like. I mean, he did. You know, they did nationalize a number of things. The yes. the so-called uh, land, and... not so much land, they but they nationalized uh, everything from Bata Shoes. Bata Shoes happened oh, to be right. a Canadian company to the brewery that made uh, uh, Palm Baby and. Uh, and uh, but Indians. this was all part of the um, the Arusha Declaration. It was called. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, the Nereri was uh, did not follow preconceived uh, left-right economic okay. nostrums. Okay. He was an idealist. He was naive. He set up these Ujamaa villages that Ujama, yeah. did not work. Took a long time, but he eventually recognized that they did not. it did not work. And um, eventually, um, the same way he recognized that, uh, that when they got independence and were originally building a one-party um, system was the only thing that would work uh, because the the other party at the time was opposed to independence. So, I mean, you know, it was... But he finally recognized that the one-party system wasn't working. There weren't enough checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And people, the um, 
Chamachamapunindi, which was the old Tanu, um, uh, became corrupt and uh, and all that. And so he is the one that led the move to, in fact, create competition for his own party. Now he, out of all, I'm from Uganda, Mm -hmm. and... um, you know, what you, when I know quite a bit about you, Uganda. 1972, Ismaili, Indian, kicked oh, yeah. out, oh, yeah. well, story. Well, I mean, I mean, the Ismaili community, of course, uh, has been very progressive. Uh, I mean, in in East Africa and in Dar, I yeah, mean, I mean, and I'll tell you, if you were sick, you went to the Aga Khan Hospital, <laughs> and actually, my former wife. Who is here with her new husband? We both oh, yes, split yes, yes. and remarried. Judy. Yes. In fact, I just Judy she was just out there. I just gave her a big hug uh, uh, because we are. I mean, we are the parents of three adult children and seven grandchildren, and so yes. we still have a lot to do with one another. Uh, although we're both subsequently married to other people, um, and uh, but. Uh, uh, anyway, she taught at the Aga Khan Secretary School. Oh, okay. And uh, so we had that. And I've um, uh, absolutely, I mean, through here, I've met the Aga Khan several times. And, uh, what an honor. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, so, and the other thing is I have a lot of time. The only really independent newspaper in East Africa yes. is the Daily Nation. Which is owned by Aga Khan, yeah. right? So, I mean, I know that. It, but the other thing is, I was, I was there when Amin started. Well, when Obote was overthrown, and uh, and Amin started um, doing all of those bad things. And there was some sort of echoing in Tanzania, uh, you know, because obviously the dukas, uh, the small shops, and all that were virtually all owned by the Asian community and all that. Yeah. And so there was some starting... Lots left. uh, They did, but there was some echoing of that anti-Asian thing, and Nereri stomped on that so hard. Really? Mm -hmm. And I remember a press conference, and I remember the woman, she was actually from South Africa, but she was... uh, 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 We used to use Asian as a generic term. It was, you know, the split between... Uh, India and Pakistan and all that didn't make it. You know, We're Muindis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, um, Frini Jinwala was her name. She was, I think, a Reuters correspondent. And she asked Nereri at a press conference about some kind of anti-Duka, anti-Asian event that happened. And Nereri didn't, hadn't heard of it. And, whatever. and he said, is that true? And he turned around to some people. Do you know about that? And he the he threw the regional commissioner in the area where that happened. He threw him in jail to teach him that you don't go out that. And uh, it was interesting. Um, well, and Nereri, of course, had uh, uh, Amir Jamal was his finance minister That's for right. all of that time. Yeah. And eventually, Amir Jamal moved to Canada. Actually, I know his son. Oh, is that right? Very well, yeah. and his mother. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, he's he dead. Away. I think. Yeah, he actually. passed away. But uh, look at that! We know somebody in common. And I, well, I, I mean, I have been back to Tanzania several times as a journalist for the Global Mail, wow. and so I have interviewed. I interviewed Jamal, uh, interviewed Nereri several times, and uh, the famous 
Joan Wicken, who used to write a lot of the Nereri speeches, the famous two. Oh. And so, uh, but anyway, um, you have Nereri really, they really discouraged. I know a lot of people left, but they didn't have to. And he always said, we are all Tanzanians. If you were born in Tanzania, you're a Tanzanian. And there's no way you're going to be kicked out of the country. On that note, I was thinking that Nyerere was one of the few presidents in Africa at the time that died not a rich man. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot to be said for that. Well, place in Butiama. And, uh, but uh, no, I don't think he personally, in fact, the security people used to go crazy because they he didn't wouldn't he didn't he sleep in he didn't sleep in state house. I mean, state house was there for a phase of official uh, things, and his office was in state house. But he lived down the road towards Bag of Mile, and I mind you, the security people had to surround it and all that. But um, and uh, now I was there just after there was a, a, an attempted at coup, yes. and uh, it didn't amount to much. But Nereri, the reason that the Canadian military was invited in is that Nereri was humiliated that he had to ask the Brits mm. to put down the rebellion. And the Brits had happened to have a helicopter um, mm. carrier thing in Mombasa. And they steamed out of Mombasa, and it was only what, 12 hours or something from Mombasa, or maybe a little more. And um, they positioned that cruiser off just off where the camp was, and they lobbed a couple of shells in, and then they sent in about four helicopters um, full of Marines, and the rebellion was over in, in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, he was humiliated that, that he had to ask the Brits, whom he had talked about as the colonial power. Yeah. And so he, that's when he asked Canada to send a military training operation. So looking back at that time and looking forward at Africa, um, let's just say Tanzania, because, I mean, you know quite a bit about all, many parts in Africa, but everyone is quite different from the other. First in the 60s, the energy, the independence, the Pamoja, we'll do it, and then somewhat of a collapse. So now what do you think? Well, I'm a little out of date. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, obviously the society... I mean, the democracy is quite thriving. Yes. Um, Getting there. And the media is, there's quite a bit of variety and all that. There's been uh, a fair amount of corruption. And, uh, and, and I'm very, I was personal friends with Benham Kappa when, because he was the editor of the party paper when I was there. Mm -hmm. And I used to actually on Saturday mornings go out and give writing coaching to the, to the writers there. Uh, to the writers at the party paper, at the, the Nationalists. Oh. And so anyway, I've own, over the years known Ben. And, have, you know, uh, when, when he, the last time I was in there, he was foreign minister. And he gave a nice lunch and all that. But then he was back here as president a, a couple of times. And his son's a graduate from that here. Oh, wow. I think. Anyway, but... I gather that Ben made some deal. Uh, I mean, he served the two terms. There was no problems. He was democratically elected, and he stepped down. I mean, he didn't try to interfere with that process at all. But I gather they set up some kind of a corporation or something, and it's quite controversial. And the 
Um, mm. This governor of the central bank uh, ripped off quite a bit of money, and, uh, I've heard this story, and yes. I don't know the whole thing. But so, anyway, but, but the bottom line is that, but Tanzania, you know, it's it's had a struggle because of all the terms of trade going against it and all that. But I I think it's doing. I was just there. It felt like it was moving up. Yeah, I think it is, and that's the word I get back. And. Uh, um, and you know they now have some petro petroleum resources and uh, gold diamonds. Uh, Tons of nights. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So I, I think there's, and you know they've got um, quite a sophisticated, uh, uh, you know, middle class now. I mean, they do. a lot of education, and uh, I mean, I don't know where the literacy rate is, but it's certainly improved. Anyway. So, Hugh, I want to say this and to all the people who are maybe listening. The media is important. To be able to speak to people in, in a clear voice is great. And I thank you so much on behalf of QSOVSO for helping us do that in Tanzania and probably inspiring people you don't even know that you did. Thank you, Hugh. You're welcome. <laughs> okay.